0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Justin Bua, and you're listening to quite possibly the greatest radio show of all time, Rebel Radio. Hey, Josh. Fuck you what's up this is rebel radio what up what up this is dj newmark this is peanut Butterwolf.
2: it's your boy it's okay
1: keep checking out rebel radio rebel radio
2: this is rebel radio we're in the place right here oh. rebel radio is going down would you say
3: Rebel radio
2: oh wait let's do it again
3: rebel radio what's up what's up welcome back to rebel radio i'm your host josh levine today is our 75th episode of the rebel radio show If for some reason you happen to miss the last 74, make sure you go back to our iTunes and check them out. My guest today in studio is my man, Bua. He is noted painter, graffiti artist. If you've seen his work, the DJ is one of the top selling posters of all time. Probably hanging in a lot of your bedrooms when you were younger. Uh, He's also a professor of art at USC. He teaches art, he does art for corporations, he sells art. This man is, he lives and breathes his art. Uh, We're going to learn some lessons along the way. He he gives us some great stories about just never giving up, about having everybody tell you you suck and just not being any good and just never stop working. Keep at it until you make something happen. And also some really good business lessons about knowing where your money comes from. He's going to kind of teach us how he does that and how you can do that. So good stuff coming up with Justin Bua right after our EDM.com track of the week.
2: Just wanna go in All I really got time For the night's broken And the fall in With the night Smoking on the flight So high, so lit Shit, I might focus If you strike my eye But I might be low For I know it I'm a creature Full of emotions Like I better hold them tight Better hold them tight But I'm zoning Zoning must admit About the overdose on pills So lit With a bitch So throw so we can fit Don't know See is But you feel my shit Shit, hit it on the dip Lights like, so better on the wrong Boy, never commit Never did, not done Boy, better rip. I'm alone I Avoid everybody fake Gotta play so annoyed Look inside yourself You can try don't find depict it spit it get it my get the about your serving the city it no I did it on I did it on the the I wrote this all right that
3: was our EDM.com track of the week Artist name is feel it f e e l i i t extra i for that ass the track's called gold if you like that check out soundcloud.com hip-hop for more like it and now let's hear from justin bua dude thank you thank you for being here um i'm excited to talk to you as, as uh, we were saying like jew to jew jew to jew it's the jew corner jew corner um uh, so you know i've known Your work for a long time, and I dig it. And and I uh, even just doing some research, I was learning like how much different stuff you're into, which I think is really interesting.
1: Like what? Um, What what have you learned? I didn't talk about bisexuality or anything. (laughs) Bestiality. Okay, I'm definitely Um, not into that. No, because I'm allergic. Oh yeah, that's the only reason. (laughs) Right, which is weird. No, you get the cat hair. It's the dander. Yeah, that makes me. That's right. It's not the hair, it's the dander. Yeah, otherwise, who knows?
3: Who knows? That's good, man. It keeps you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, I'm but,
1: conservative by default,
3: right? Yeah, that's that's important, man. We need we need boundaries. Yeah, sometimes we can't set them for ourselves, so
1: we're set a by bit help. allergens. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. Set by being Jewish. I'm sure that's true. That's for sure. I'm sure. But what have you learned? Things well, you didn't know. What was I into? I'm not going to tell you yet. But okay. But here, this is what
3: I find so interesting about your art. We've had a bunch of archives on the show, a lot of graffiti cats. Okay. Um, but you're like, I think of you as like, the music and the art are maybe more closely linked than almost anybody else, and like I think of your art as music, if that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Uh, so, I'm, I'm curious where that came from.
3: Like, were you were you just super into music growing up?
1: No, well, I think it comes from my dancing because I was a professional b-boy and popper for yeah. for many years is that right and so I
3: think, how'd you get into that just in school
1: uh I was growing up in new york around mm-hmm. the culture on yeah. the upper west side yeah what we like to call the upper best side of new york <laughs> and uh there's just a lot of people you know i was around like wiggles and crazy legs and right. a, a block away from ken swift bobito's from upper west side uh, he's from my block yeah like say he's you know what i mean show
3: him in stretch yeah. So that's yeah.
1: like that. That's my neighborhood. Yeah. Rocksteady Park is two blocks away. Nice. I, I watch all these guys dance. Yeah. Dykeman Pro- uh, Douglas projects and and uh, just w- actually it's felt weird because I grew up next to Kenny and I always used to see them practice. But it was like it wasn't until I went to West Fourth Street mm. that I saw some California brother do the bicycle. Is that right? And no one does that anymore by the way. No one does that move where it looks like you're riding yeah. a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so old. I school. I remember that shit. Yeah. It's like some mime shit. Yeah. And it was so I didn't I was so blown away, I said, I don't know what that is, but I have to be a part of whatever that is.
3: So how old are you now? Forty
1: eight. No, 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 I'm sorry. How old oh, were you at this at that ten. point? Ten. Ten years old. Okay. So thirty eight years ago. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I gotta be a part of it. Yeah. And then I just started practicing. And I was like became obsessed. So like mm-hmm. I became obsessed compulsive and did it every day, practiced every day, found some kids from my neighborhood and we all danced and try to get into Rocksteady Crew and wasn't good enough. So mm-hmm. I danced with the rock boys, who was like okay. an offset of the Rocksteady Crew. Right. Our Rocksteady is like the elite. Yeah. So then I danced with the bean it was like playing the minor leagues uh-huh. of the projects. Yeah. So I was in the minor leagues and then It was
3: and so it, so you got into the dance before the
1: music kinda? Is that I mean it was one, it, it was hand a, in hand. hand it was like, you know, yeah. I was always listening to, you know, the treacherous three and fearless four and what's the first record you remember or the, that you bought? The first record I bought is corny and I don't like to admit it, but it would be Sugar Hill Rapper's Delight. Okay. But that's corny because I know the story of like, yeah. you know, Kaz was the original writer and he got cut out and and Sylvie Robinson produced it and it was a ripoff. But still, but that record it was big was undeniable at the time, it's still undeniable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean that's how it is. That's that's how it is. Yeah. So it was the hip hop, hippie to hop that I bought and mm-hmm. I just like I just that was the beginning and then I was like but I was getting before that, that was vinyl. Mm-hmm. You did say records, so I felt mine. Oh yeah, sure. But then before that was like my, I was getting tapes. I was okay. getting like Love Bug, Starsky verse. Yeah, like mixed know, tapes. Yeah, mixed tapes. Yeah. And uh, and the guy, there was guys in my neighborhood that used to sell mixed tapes. And so I would just kind of get them and and, and listen. Of course, you know, I would listen to WBLS or mm-hmm. Red Alert, Ghost mm-hmm. Bazaar, all of that. Like that radio stuff that was happening. I listened to all that. All my friends listened to it. Yeah. And then just live shit. Mm-hmm. You know, shit that was, like, happening in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I, but it was really the, the energy and the rhythms of dance that affected the rhythm. I knew how important rhythm was mm-hmm. and gesture was. <clears throat> and then I was also very influenced by classical painting because my mother was a painter and my grandfather was a, was a very successful letterer. Oh, wow. So he did, like, Prince Valiant and Felix the Cat. So all my friends that were writing graffiti, I was like, oh, my God, my grandfather would burn you. And he's 70. You know, like, but, and that's, you know, I I did graffiti and I wasn't even good. But I knew what great was. And it was, like, more than, like, Futura and Dondi and all these guys in my neighborhood. I was like, my grandfather, Herbert Hirschfeld, Mm -hmm. the old Jew, would burn you. Like, because he could just do, like, stone 3D letters in, like, five minutes that were just ridiculous and, like, big. and, And, and and. You know, ice letters and just you know what's interesting though. You say that like, the way
3: you say it. You know what? I had. um, I think it was Slick on the show, and we were talking about.
1: I love Slick. The
3: yeah, Slick. I've collabed
1: with him on a couple of pieces.
3: Nice, but we were talking about the like the value. Like graffiti, is to my knowledge the only art form that involves a battle, Mm -hmm. and or like visual art right? Mm-hmm. That involves a battle. And, and we were talking about the, that, in, that, that
1: uh, a battle between
3: like a real time. Right. right? Like too cause you know, we're talking about Slick versus Hex that, right. when they did that. Sure. And just like, you know, the value of that as an artist, That's as actually a not creator. True, though. Okay. So
1: here, here's, here's a little so historical. Give me some more. Knowledge. Rembrandt so, and. No, it wasn't Rembrandt. Rembrandt know. was on his own. Okay. Fucking his maid. Uh, Rembrandt was a fucking baller. Rembrandt a, he, was big, by the Rembrandt way Rembrandt's fan. the greatest painter of all time. Yeah. It doesn't get any better. I don't care who you are, it just ends at Rembrandt. Yeah. You could be John Singer Sargent, you could be Zorn, but it really ends at Rembrandt. So nice. it's like just stop it. <laughs> like um so like the Pope Julius II used to do really weird shit. Like he pitted Michelangelo against Leonardo oh, wow. to do frescoes like on, the Ninja Turtles. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. On opposite ends in the Vatican, is that right? Like so, yeah. What, like one hallway was here, and then like right next to him was Leonardo. Huh. So Michelangelo and they hated each other, and was, yeah. it was Michelangelo really hated Leonardo. Leonardo was not a hateful person, obviously yeah. by his by his work and by his beliefs and his. You know, he was a he was a incredible uh, thinker and philosopher and, mm. and vegan and animal rights activist. He was just like a spiritual, right? not like Michelangelo. I was did a like spiritualist. A vegans back then? Yeah, he was a vegan. Yeah, wow. he once let out all the animals uh, that were in the pet store. He just didn't believe in any kind. of I know of animal. they had pet stores either see this. Yeah, I, th- that. I know. Yeah, they did. Um, so him, he was pit against Michelangelo. So it was like a battle of, wow. okay, you guys are the best. Let's see right. who, who's going to get the commission. Yeah. It was that was happening all the time. Like wow. people were battling for commissions. Whether okay. it was Rubens, Raphael, Titian, Correggio, wow. Car- you know, like these people were battling for commissions. So it's not like it's an old. Sure. You know, it's not like it's not an old construct. It is. Yeah. You know, in fact, the word graffiti means cartoon right. in Italian. And, and Michelangelo, before he paints the Sistine Chapel, does a graffiti cartoon that mm. he grids out on the wall and paints. That's what it is. That's interesting. So yeah, it's got good roots. But yeah, it, well, later so on, it wasn't no really that, happening.
3: But, but, but clearly in the modern era, like, so if you're coming up in, in pretty much any other visual medium today, like, yeah. you don't have this opportunity. No to battle and really prove yourself real time against the clock and another human being and I, and right. and so you know i was just wondering like the value of that like what that does to your art and your creative process to be in that sort of hyper
1: competitive environment It does a lot. I I didn't really experience it with graffiti besides, like, black books and my friends being better than me and me not being as good as everybody. Yeah. And art, too. Like, I went to an art high school, and I was like, "Uh, why is everyone better than me? Uh So there was kind of an impetus to work harder because of that. Yeah. Uh, Is that how you took it? Yeah, I didn't. I took it as a that, challenge. That can go either way, right? Yeah, like, you could defeat you could be defeated. But yeah. I had a mother who was really positive and I had a lot of teachers who were really negative. So I had a lot of like nice. you should stop painting, you're not ready yet. Really? You should stop drawing, you're not good enough. Yeah. My friends are like you're just so whack, bro. And I'd be like no, but I'm trying. They were like oh my god, you're so bad. Like a lot of that, you know, and, but, and, that but that's okay. Not that am sure. Not no. that nicely. No, not nicely. No. They were like you're skinny and you suck. You know, <laughs> like whatever. Is this part of how kids are. We yeah, were, we were ruthless. Sure. We were brutal to each other. Of course. Uh, I went to school on 137th Street and Common Avenue in, in the depths of Harlem, and, mm-hmm. and, and my, my, that neighborhood there was pretty nasty, and the people were very nasty and competitive, because music and art was a very competitive art high school. Yeah. So I grew up with that, but more the b-boying was obviously competitive, mm-hmm. and so I was very used to battling. Mm-hmm. So I battled all the time, so I had a battle head. I had a battle mentality. Yeah. I knew how to win. I knew mm-hmm. how to be funny and weird and clever and ironic mm. with my body. Yeah. And so I was able to kind of translate that with my art. And I knew how important, like once again, circling back to rhythm and gesture, fluidity was. Mm-hmm. You know, the body is primarily water. We're primarily made up of water. Mm. Um, so if you look at us as a moving you know, creature of blood and water, You have to think about why are people drawing anything stiff whatsoever, you know? And so I think that uh, a lot of artists kind of overlook the importance of gesture and rhythm and how it all relates back into the earth you walk on, even to the architectural structures that you're dealing with, because they're still organic compounds, Mm. you know? So I I like to think of architecture too as undulating terracotta, you know? That's way too deep for me. Well, I'm tripping on mushrooms right now, so no, I'm kidding. (laughs) So no, I feel like I feel like the 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 landscape is like uh, I always say that Goethe, the architect and, and poet, said that architecture is frozen music. Mm. So I say that wow. okay. Well, if architecture is frozen music, then the BUA architecture has been defrosted because it moves to its own energy, and the rhythm of hip hop that I grew up around had its own energetic rhythm that was related to the social climate and atmosphere of the time that the kids started to manifest through moves You know, it was like we're not going to take it anymore you know mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. hard it was mm-hmm. it was like our percussive it was really intense it was very male it was very you know mis- it, was, sure. it was almost misogynistic in a way where it was like let me move in a way that is dance but male so I don't get any kind of criticism and mm-hmm. i can be cool of course so the girls are going to look at be like oh my god that's like a that's like a, a war dance to open my flower and then the guys will look at it like oh shit he's like fighting but he's moving his body and he's yeah. not breaking out any like you know knives right. or, or guns he's just kind of doing it so the dance was cultivated in my mind's eye in a way that was so male and cool and reflective of uh, the spirit of the times, mm-hmm. you know, Reaganomics and mm-hmm. and New York City just being a fucking hot mess yeah. of the it was like the Wild Wild West, Dodge sure. City, yeah. but New York, and so mm-hmm. it embodied all of that. Yeah, Reagan said it was like Beirut. Yeah.
3: So. When he was in South Bronx, he came to the South Bronx and said it was like Beirut.
1: <laughs> Certainly different. Which thing. he helped to create. Ho- certainly different than Hollywood. That's for sure. A little bit. Yeah. I remember chanting Reagan, Reagan. He's no good. sending him back to Hollywood when he was, was marching in right. the streets. That's right. That's right. For um, corruption. It's funny you say
3: that uh, the fighting piece because I remember like when, when when breaking came to San Francisco. I was in middle school, and uh, and I you know I, I, like it felt like all the like uh, there was a lot less fighting for about two years and more like b-boy battles
1: yeah then, it, was, it was a good supplement yeah because it was hard enough and cool enough and yeah yeah you could still thank, and thank god by the way because i was a horrible fighter so <laughs> perfect for me yeah, girls would be like i would have sex with him because he could probably fight i was right. like actually i can't but like i was cool like right. i looked like i could because when yeah. you were b-boying you looked like you could fight for and sure. some of the b-boys could by the way like yeah, some of those guys were like golden gloves you got like yeah they were having fights they were yeah. like real fighters i just wasn't yeah now I am, which is really weird. Is that right? Why well, do jujitsu? Oh, cool. Every three days a week. Nice. I hit mitts, but not. I don't like to get hit, so yeah. maybe I'm not a fighter. It's not that much but I do a lot of jujitsu because my daughter is, She trains seven days a week.
3: Did you learn from her, or like you 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 got you picked it up through her?
1: No, I've been. I started jujitsu in 1992. Mm. Uh, I did it for about a year and a half, and then mm-hmm. I stopped. I, I tore my my deltoid, my mm. shoulder, and then I just picked it up a couple of years ago uh 10th planet with eddie bravo oh cool and so i'm now a blue belt which i know means nothing but something yeah it's cool like i mean i I really like it i love it and it's fun but my daughter's like she's just a kind of prodigal 12 year old wow like wrestles and does jujitsu seven days a week all day long she's a freaking savage i have to do it now so like that I don't get tapped by her. So it's more of a, you know, keeping up with the Jones not to get sure. dominated by yeah, her. Yeah, your yeah. own flesh and blood, which would suck because she's very pretty and it would really not be a good look. It'll happen. Me. I think it will happen, but yeah. it's going to be a while. She's got to get yeah, a good. lot more keep, mass and size. You keep, yeah, for sure. You but keep. she's so technical, like one little wrong move and she can she'll, She can heel hook me. Nice. That's the level. It's like, whoo, Wow. Like crazy, you yeah. know. Yeah. So when at a certain point you had
3: to start feeling like you're good at this. Jiu-jitsu? No. Oh, okay, I was like, so I don't
1: feel that yet. No, no I'm kidding. All right. art. Uh, I was- is, Was there a moment? I was, I was always being ridiculed in school. I was at public school mm-hmm. and I had a group of kids who were really good at comic book shit. Mm. And they were like, oh, you're not good. And I was like, well, I, and I didn't like comics, which is really right. weird. Like, I didn't like comics. Yeah. And they were drawing, like, superheroes and shit like that. Like, I liked uh, Crumb. Okay. But I didn't like Marvel and DC. DC. I didn't like Batman, but they were doing, like, foreshortening and really cool Batman characters and shit. And I was, like, doing really weird, like, homeless people with guns and and buildings. Yeah. And they were like, that's okay, but it's not really – look at this. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of cool. And how do you do the foreshortening? And they were just better. Right. And so I had a teacher – I don't want to mention his name because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but Steve Ettinger, <laughs> who said in his piece of shit way, You see these kids around you in class, they really know how to draw and paint. They're copying, doing like master copies of like yeah. Michael Land. This is sixth grade. Yeah. He said, You're never going to be good and you should probably stop because you can't do this. And I was like, I, I, I know that I can though, yeah. but I know there's. I just don't have a natural talent for it. It was like really weird because I was very creative, but I wasn't naturally gifted with observational drawing, which mm-hmm. is like representational drawing. So I knew at that age how important it was for me to get good at that, because I wasn't natural at it. It was a white guy sprinting. White guys can't sprint, you gotta really work at it. You know what I mean, type of thing?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, I know what you mean, but, but like I'm amazed. You felt really offended by that. It felt like you feel like oh, me? You, you can sprint. Yeah, oh, I'm a sprinter. Are you? No. Okay, I'm, exactly. I'm like that's the world's my point. slowest brother. Okay, but... That's my distinction. You're
1: just not going to be... You have to work harder at it right. when you're not gifted at it. Yeah. That's a fact. So I had to work harder at representational painting and drawing, and that's what I did. Well, I'm stuck on, on something. Steve Ettinger? Yeah. And his piece of shit words to a child. But... Dog. He's probably dead. Don't worry about it. He's dead. But, like, you know, we
3: live in this environment, I know your father, and, like, mm. where you know, there's so much emphasis on, on positive reinforcement feedback to our kids. Not in New York in the seventies. No, but that's what I'm saying. Right. (laughs) But, but now that's kind of, you know, and I have a seven year old and there's that like, um, but you know, how amazing like for some, for people to just come at you that way. Oh, that
1: was not the first teacher. No, I'm sure. Mrs. Weinbaum used to hit us. (laughs) Yeah. She used to fucking hit us, straight hit us. Like, Mrs. Weinbaum was my fifth grade teacher, and she would straight smack us in the face yeah. and hit us with a ruler. That was oh, normal. That was a PS87. Right. And uh, that was normal. Yeah, it was now they Because to jail she came from that. like the, the 50s, right? where that's what where she that's, came up doing. Where and your it, parents
3: would hit you if they found out your teacher was hitting you. Yeah, exactly. Like, you right. Know.
1: And now it'd be like, oh my God, if a teacher hits anybody, no, they'll be in jail. They're in jail. Yeah. But back then it was normalized. And for so sure. I was still getting. I wasn't still getting hit, but I was getting hit by Miss Weinbaum for sure.
3: But so, look, so, so, was, here's what I'm wondering. I mean, that sucks. It's, that's a shitty human being.
1: Yeah. But, but my father got hit by the nuns. No, no, I get it. My uncle got beat by the priests.
3: No. It was kind of like, but here's what I'm wondering was that kind of feedback, looking back now, was that helpful?
1: I mean, I was so out of control in fifth grade. I probably no, I'm not talking about the hitting. Okay. I'm talking about I was, I'm thing. sorry, I'm having a therapy. No. Are we in therapy? No, i I'm, I'm on a radio a, show. That's why we have a yeah. couch. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Um <laughs> No, 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 not the hitting. Yes. The telling you you suck at art.
1: It was it was, was, that it, was, was it was it was one of those things. Can feelings? you
3: look back now and see that
1: It's horrible. That yeah, cuz I was a professor was just, at USC for 12 years and Yeah. anybody that sucked at art I would never tell them that. That's so mean. It's very it's 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 not and it's also not honest because you it's relative. Your mm-hmm. sucking at art could be different. And I've seen kids that, let's say, suck at art or are not as qualified or as good, naturally, who've come up and gotten so much better. Gosh. And they pass the kids with work, hard work, and that's what happened with me. Yeah. It was a motivator. I had a lot of fuck you energy, and mm-hmm. it was a motivator to work harder. Mm-hmm. And I had a teacher who was the principal of my music and art school, which was LaGuardia High School of Music and Performing Arts, you know, fame. Mm-hmm i'm gonna live forever nobody listening knows what that is just me and i'm gonna die of cancer fame no i did
3: irene gara die of cancer did she? she i don't know she's probably still alive oh well, we're going she start, listens to this start, show Does what's she? up
1: irene call in hello irene um so call in i had it the head of the art department was miss denver okay I wanted to enter the scholarship, which was the Mark Rothko scholarship. Every year I said, do you think I should enter? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, because all my friends are entering. She's like, yeah, but we... no, you're not really ready. I was like, okay, fine. So senior year, I say, I'm going to enter this scholarship. It's the Mark Rothko scholarship for the most outstanding artists in the five boroughs of New York. Mm. And she said, I don't think you should. And I was like, why? Fucking... I'm doing all this creative shit yeah. and I'm getting better at drawing and I'm hanging out with kids who are, yeah, they're better than me, but I know that I'm also better than some of these other kids. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm bottom of the barrel. Like, and I'm really creative and some of my friends are liking my work and some of my teachers are nice to me now. You know, I'm putting in a lot of effort and she's just like, you're just not ready. And I said, but like every year I come to you and every year you say, I'm not ready. So I'm a senior. So what am I going When right. am I gonna be ready? Yeah. You know, like there's no not. There's no, the ce- I'm, I'm at the ceiling. Right. And she's like, well, I don't think so. I said, fuck. I just knew, like, fuck her. You know. So I told my mom. And I said, mom, Miss Stember, said I'm not ready to enter the scholarship, and I don't really have the money. And if you give me the money, I could enter. But she's saying I'm not ready. I don't mm-hmm. know what to do. And she said, she told you you're not ready. I said, yeah. She said, fuck her. I'll give you the money. I enter the scholarship. I won. Nice. The most outstanding artist in the five boroughs of New York, York. so she's standing with me, <clears throat> and all the pictures like I always knew it, you know what I mean? And I was like, bitch, please, like get. I was wearing a pink jacket by the way, so it's just and those people probably <laughs> weird pictures, <laughs>
3: tell themselves that like that that that's the right thing to do that they're they're that they were pushing you,
1: yeah. And then years later, she had me come speak at right. music and art, yeah, when I got like famous, yeah, yeah. which is funny, yeah. So. Yeah, it's just like, why would anyone dissuade anyone from doing anything like that? Especially mm-hmm. when, you know, you're at an art high school, and I just feel like it was weird. Because she had her favorites. She had her Tristan Elwells and her Maggie Byers and her Matthew Chamberlain. which was fine. It's great. Like, and they were all really good at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, but the reality is, like, never tell somebody that you can't. That's just not healthy for mm-hmm. anybody to tell anybody you can't if they don't work hard that's fine so you know you need to put in work you're lazy whatever put you know put in more work and if they don't then okay hey you're you you do not want to you don't want to do it like for me my students if they didn't put in the hard work I'll leave you alone mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like tell you you're fucking scrub mm-hmm. but she just straight t- like would tell me and uh that I wasn't that I wasn't qualified enough and I proved her wrong and I knew that at that moment on it gave me a lot of momentum for sure like it was like a catapult a lot of like, you know what, no matter what anybody says out there, and I've, I've continually had that my entire career, as probably most artists have, no matter what anybody says out there, you have to listen to your own inner artist mm-hmm. and say, I I am good enough to do that. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you can't be critical. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't think that you've arrived. Like I once right. heard Shepard Ferry uh when he was giving a speech at a museum, say that after I figured out drawing and painting, I was like, well, how can anyone say that? Like, that's so confusing. Michelangelo was 81 when he said, I'm just beginning to learn how to draw. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't really understand anybody who even thinks that they're great. Like that doesn't resonate with me because like, maybe because I've been beaten down by the Miss Dembers and the Steve Ettingers of the world. And I know that like what greatness is, which is Rembrandt. Cause mm-hmm. you know, if Rembrandt's the ceiling, you should pretty much know your place. But also, so I there's think, a fine line between that and Miss Demers saying you can't. Sure.
3: But also, I think like you know, it depends on your reference. Like for you, the reference is Rembrandt, is right.
1: Right. Not everyone sees it that way, and I'm not sure. Sure. When like, so, like some people say that I'm their reference, I've heard that all the time. I'm like, you're you're delusional. It should. I should not be your 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 ceiling. Okay. Because there's Sargent and there's Rembrandt and there's. Sure. Raphael, and there's Michelangelo, and there's artists right. that are really incredible. I mean, that's very nice and flattering, but I'm also very realistic.
3: Mm. So was that? So winning that award was that like the first sort of real sort of validation? Maybe it sounds like mom gave you some along the way, but that was like.
1: Well, I think my mom was very feeling like I my can, mom I was can very positive this. early on, and then became yeah. negative later. Yeah. You know, and then decided good. she was like, I'm going to really... No, you know. got like pull the tablecloth. Yeah, yeah she was like, you're sure. really slacking and you're not good enough and you're whatever. I mean, she called me lazy in many ways, but... Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, I think that was... There was a lot of negativity with what I was doing.
3: Hey, check it out. Rebel Radio is brought to you by Wix.com. Do you need a website? No, let me tell you, you do need a website. And you can do it yourself with Wix.com. No matter what business you're in, if you got a startup, your music career, your uh, earwax collection—I don't know what you're doing. Whatever it is, you need a website. And Wix is used by more than 84 million people worldwide. It makes it easy to get your website live today. You can spend time on your business. Don't spend time building your website. There's hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from. Use the drag-and-drop editor. You drop in your images your videos, your copy, and next thing you know, you have a beautiful website that you built yourself. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. We did it with rebelradio.net. Check it out, and you can see the amazing work you can do with Wix.com. You're too busy with everything else? Stop worrying about your website. Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to wix.com, create your own website today, send it to us, and we will promote it online. All right. So when did you feel like, I can do this for a living, like this is going to be my path?
1: It was right before I went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena when I was transferring out of a school called Hampshire College. Mm. I was an English major because I felt like my mom was like, you need a more well-rounded education. You're drawing too much. And I was like, I got in on a literature uh, program and I was always writing, but I was illustrating my own writing. And I knew at that moment i just wanted to paint and draw all the time and so i came back my mom had moved from brooklyn to up uh to northern california i came back to northern california and i painted and i drew all the time and i knew that that's what i really wanted to do so i got into art center and i was like i'm gonna make a career of this and i'm gonna be great i don't know what it's gonna take but I, i actually do know some of what it's gonna take because i've been through so much adversity yeah so then and that's that's when I began my real journey. So I was probably like nineteen years old when I was like I knew exactly or what I wanted to do. And then what was the first like paid
3: gig or kind of legit gig?
1: Uh in porn or my art? <laughs> no, okay. I I think it was like I had done a couple of jobs inside during Art Center. I had a mm-hmm. guy who, who really liked my work. Um, so he's buying some originals. But when I got out of school, it was storyboarding because Mm. I was really good at drawing. So Mm -hmm. I got so obsessed with drawing and painting, of drawing specifically, that I got really good at drawing Mm -hmm. classically because I was like, oh, I'm not good enough at classical drawing. And then basically I became like a, you know, I taught at USC as a classical figure drawer, you know, Mm -hmm. artist for years. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of, I, I got so good at drawing or good enough to where I could really create storyboards and then I... Did movie comps uh, for the movie industry, mm-hmm. and then I started doing stuff that I really liked, and I started getting gigs as uh, an artist for New Deal, doing skateboard graphics. Okay, that was like the beginning, and then that skateboard graphic stuff kind of led me into uh, record cover stuff, mm. and I did like Saphir Hobo Junction. I did the Quad City DJs. Yeah. I did a bunch of like compilations. I did. Then I started getting into animation. Did the Quad the... City DJs was big beat. Wasn't it? What's Big Beat Records? Yeah, that was. I did. Yeah, I did, the train. Did, come on, ride yeah. the train. Wasn't that a- what is that beat, by the way? Come on, ride the train. Fuck. I can't do you know do what, I mean? yeah, another, I song, what I mean? That one. I keep trying to figure out what that was. Uh... Come on, baby. <sighs> 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 <inaudible> I can't remember. <gasps> I get that one always, and every time I look it up, it's got like 8,000 references, and I just can't figure out which one it is. So. I did all that and then I started doing animation because it was like closely related. I figured yeah. out how to paint and animate and so I got the Lyricist Lounge gig for mm-hmm. the MTV's Lyricist Lounge show. Mm-hmm. You know, and I started doing more mainstream stuff. Did the Slum Village video, Tainted, you know, like I started to work in, in, in animation and, and then I at the same time I was doing posters and that's when things really took off for me is when I was doing my posters and I was kind of gathering a following of people who love my posters and how do
3: you how does how do you sell posters like what's how's that market i just had
1: a distributor in new york who was okay. who was selling prints and, and when i started in the early 90s we started it was basically just mom and pop poster shops mm-hmm. and then late 90s you had the i forgot there were poster shops. i know so you had the extinction of the poster shops yeah. and b- basically That's burlington crazy. coat factory bed bath and beyond z gallery Prints plus okay. you had all the the yeah. change and target yeah Target was my main buyer. Wow! So that's that's actually what catapulted me. Remember I mean, that the shit? Mainstream. Those big like
3: the the big metal frames. That, oh like, yeah, that like, yeah, yeah. You would just flip through it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it was like wow. I forgot all about. Yeah. it. Yeah, or, or or you would flip through it on uh-huh, top, uh-huh. and it was just a it was a different world. Like you would have rock and roll posters and yeah. all these posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the big box stores came in and said, "We're going to just take that market over because it's probably a sure. you know good amount of." revenue we could yeah. we can generate they started doing that and luckily i rode that wave mm-hmm. so i was kind of riding the poster the independent wave internationally and then the big box stores came in and a lot of artists just went away but but right? target and z gallery they all picked up my work especially my dj print yeah so you know all of a sudden i'm at 3,500 stores so it's like way better than your sure. mom and pops could move it yeah so that that was a long wave that I rode, nice. and that's kind of what got me a lot of the popularity is just being so, a target and 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 Bed Bath and Beyond, Beyond and Burlington Coat Factory and those stop those spots were just like that was it. Yeah,
3: that that wave. I've never been inside a Burlington Coat Factory, but it's I picture not today. I yeah. picture this like warehouse full of coats, like, like yeah, that's just I, the I, name. Like, I
1: yeah, I don't even know how they're selling art,
3: but I, I feel guess like they it's are. cold outside. And and you you gotta walk go in, in there' and there's yeah. just those the fucking uh, woodsman jackets, like it's like a- stocked up to the ceiling.
1: I really don't think I've been to one either, but yeah. I know they sold my work. That's dope. I just like it's
3: so hard to imagine buying the DJ poster out in Burlington, CO.
1: I know it was selling there. Yeah, and so great. that that poster, by the way, is the number one selling art print of our era. That's amazing. Yeah, and that was because of all of the mainstream stores, which don't do that anymore. They're right. selling mostly images that they license for free from China. Is that right? Yeah. So all the artists that they had to pay, that kind of one. So that changed too, and sure. then I just got off it. I was like, okay, well that's done. So
3: how does that change the game for you when, when that poster takes off and your popularity grows? And like, does is there a day when like the phone starts ringing? Or like how, what yeah. Is the change, here's the question, is the change more internal or is it more external?
1: It's both internally, you feel a certain validation and justification, you know, yeah. and I think at the same time, you know, but I'm doing a million projects because I'm not, sure. at this point, I'm successful enough to where my, my career's going well, but I'm like, oh, there's other avenues. So I'm like doing a show on Comedy Central called Urbania. That was an, yeah. an animated show that, that, uh, I did actually in two different iterations, 10 years apart, mm. both of which they Picked up and dropped, and then welcome to TV. And welcome to TV. And then you know, like you know, two years ago, I'm doing Street Art Throwdown on Oxygen, the first yeah. ever reality competition street art show. So it's like you know, I've done, I've always been you know, did a show with uh, IFC, did mm-hmm. a show you know with Ovation, did mm-hmm. it. I just like that was the DMC thing, the DMC thing. Yeah. yeah. And the, but I also hosted like I don't know, like a hundred American Revolutionary shows. So I've, oh, you know, really? I've, I've done a lot oh. of. That stuff, and then you know, advertising stuff, and yeah, but at the end of the day, it always comes down to my art, and that's really where I make my living. So, my fine the, art,
3: yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, is that so? That's the main hustle, <clears throat> like, most of the revenue comes from everything else, per, is or everything else, originals,
1: mostly originals, yeah. If you add up my money, my entire career. My real bread and butter always is original sales. Mm. Just always original sales, no matter how well my posters are doing. You so know, I always have that like so I have a very weird consumer. I have a very wealthy person. Yeah, like, like me. I have like what? Like me? Like you? Yeah. Do you you need to buy my art now? Least, <laughs> Apparently. Okay. So I have I have Neo. I have President Clinton. Okay. I have like you know people like that who have money, and then I have like skateboard kids and b boys who can't really afford anything but a. Twenty dollar poster, right? So, but I don't have that middle ground consumer, mm-hmm. the like five thousand to you know twelve thousand dollar consumer, which is which is strange. I have a very like tchotchke like I, I could really just afford very little things, or I could afford a big ticket item. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my audience. What does Clinton have? Uh, he has. Uh, just a bunch of pieces in his. Uh, he had it in the Harlem office. He had uh, a piece in his Arkansas library. Mm. Um, Neo, Neo has I don't know ten pieces. Tony Parker, Eva Longoria. I mean, I have a yes. lot of those kind yeah. of. They have you know they make they make good livings. and sure. They have money. Yeah. And then I have a lot of people who are like, you know, guys who started Facebook. and yeah. like a, That kind of invest. You know, that kind of art sure. collector. But then, And most of my collectors are like people that come to my Art for the People shows or, or people mm-hmm. that don't want to spend more than 50 bucks, Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, That's my main consumer. And that's because I generated that audience during the Target Burlington Co-Factory years. Right. Where yeah, you sure. can get a Bua canvas for 50 bucks or right. you can go to a, you know, my, my stuff on college sales was even oh, bigger. Yeah. And you go to college and you get a Bua poster for 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. And that's how people know my work. So do you think
3: of all that other stuff as marketing
1: for your fine art, or yeah, is that I do? Yeah, and I think I've taken a lot of heat for that. Why? Well, the gallery world's like, well, we don't like the fact that you sell prints, overexposed, yeah, multiples, overexposed. Like, who cares? Like, you can't get Starry Night by Van Gogh. Why is that different? Yeah, you can't get Shepherd Fairey's like Obama piece or Banksy's, whatever that thing is, He's throwing the bouquet of flowers. Flowers, I mean, like, really? Yeah. Artists for the people, by the people, of the people, and I've always considered my artist because of where I'm from for the people, and I'm bringing it to you directly. Well, I mean, I think the gallery world is—they're just pretty out of touch with. I think so, and I've been able to circumvent that audience, yeah. that that world, and go right yeah. to the consumer, and that's why I do my art for the people shows. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I just go right to the consumer. Mm-hmm.
3: That's amazing. Um, that's such a fascinating story are you there had to have been times when you were like just ready to hang it up like you question yourself yeah
1: a lot yeah but I you know I'm what a lot of my hustle has been very businessy like I've had to figure out the matrix of and the politics and the the dynamics of how art works and the business of art it's a very hard thing to figure out and constantly reinvent and, and change and transform and go to different platforms. I know if I have a TV platform, that's going to push my art. I know if I have a radio show, which I had at Sirius, mm-hmm. that's going to push my art. And, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think over the years, I've understood that at the end of the day, people love me for my art. They don't love me for, because I'm a host. They don't love me because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can do animation. They love me because they, lo- they can connect to my paintings. Yeah. And so to always know that and not <laughs> delude yourself and be like, well, I'm actually a great actor. You know, and have like uh, right. Eddie Murphy-itis or like where it's like, yeah. you know, he's he's this incredible comic actor, but all of a sudden he's like singing My Girl Likes to Party all the time. It's like, what's, are you okay? What's wrong with you? Or, or Michael Jordan, who's like sure. playing baseball. Or or Shaq, who's an actor and a singer. It's like mm-hmm. everybody who's great at something wants to be something else, and I understand that. There's a painter by the name of Jean-Dominique Aing, okay. who was one of the greatest painters of all time. He was the teacher of... Uh, Of Degas, actually, Mm -hmm. and the student of Jacques Louis David. So he's like, comes from like the greatest school of classical uh, painters. Uh, And he was a neoclassicist. And he used to go to his own shows and play the violin. And he was such a mediocre violinist that people would have to fucking sit there as a captive audience, literally, mm-hmm. and go like, I can't believe I have to go through this fuck motherfuckers violin shit. But he did it because he loved to do that. Because right. he was such a great painter. Yeah. They came to his show to see the painting, but he was like, okay, here's my moment. Sure. And he would play some violin shit that he thought he was great at because he was right. delusional. But I've noticed that almost every most great people like to do other shit because people are like, they're not one-dimensional, and they have many voices, and they're not great at it. John Lennon was an artist, quote unquote. Right. And don't be deluded that he was good. He was not fucking good.
3: I remember feeling that way when I saw Jonathan Winters' paintings. Oh. That like he he paints like he's five years old.
1: Right. Like, well, that but most people like, have you noticed James Franco thinks he's an artist? No, be I haven't. Fucking seen high, like yeah. You, just because you're an actor doesn't I can't believe mean he thinks he's an actor. Right. Well, there you go. So
3: like. But but
1: I you know I think
3: you're right I think it's two things it's
1: cause know your I'm, lane. because
3: I've known a lot of people like that like one is that yeah you do get I don't want to say bored right but you get restless I think if you have if you have crossed the threshold of creativity mm-hmm. right like where you're not afraid to create and put that out there or you're afraid but you do it anyway right like then you st- all these other ideas come to you. Mm, mm-hmm. Right, and you go, yeah. oh well, I couldn't do that. I sucked at that at one point, but I did it anyway, and I got good. So why can't I do that again? Right, and so and so I think that's part of it. And then I think the other part is the business side of like, someone's gonna pay me to DJ. Gotta do it. Fuck yeah, I'll DJ. Right. Yeah. Why not?
1: Yeah, I mean that's understandable. I mean today's age, everybody has a hustle. Yeah. You know, like my friend Mike Murder is—he's uh, an incredible b-boy. Mm-hmm. dances with Super Crew. He's really good at jujitsu, but he makes money DJing. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's got two or three jobs. I mean, look at you—you you have a radio show, yeah—and you do this for the love of it. You're not—you're not getting rich off of this, but you run a marketing company, yeah. So that's where you make your money, and that's where you do your hustle, so that you can also do the shit you love to do, right. and you probably do other shit too. Mm-hmm. You know, do you? I don't know. What you need? What's that? What you need. Exactly. But that, right, like, I don't know. Like, you'd probably do other things. and Like, Eddie Bravo. You do what you got to do. Eddie Bravo is a great example. Jiu-Jitsu master, Jiu-Jitsu teacher, brand, Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu. There's, like, you know, 70 schools around America. But he wants to be a rock star. The guy's been playing music forever. Sure. That's what he wants to
3: do. Yeah, and part of it is that a certain number of people come see you because of who you are. Sure.
1: Right? And you can can piggyback that. I just think it's really important to know your lane. So, for me, in my career... I've always been like, oh shit, reality check. I better go back to painting. Mm-hmm. And actually that's what spiritually makes me the most grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the end of the day, it's my meditation, it's my love, it's, w- it's what I connect to in my, my deepest truth. Yeah. And so I feel like I have to go, always go back to that.
3: So, so, so much, um, you know, back to what we were saying at the beginning, and I think of your art as so musical. And so, you know, specifically, jazz and hip hop and and this sort of afrocentricity that comes through on the canvas um and and you know some of that i think is uh there's a timeless aspect of that but there's also very like some of that's rooted in a specific sort of eras right mm-hmm. and so how does that how does that change how does your style evolve and are you and how are you influenced by you know, the greater cultural changes around you?
1: Well, you know, I'm going through that now. Like, you know, what's what's the next iteration of what I want to do? Because, you know, I was the first artist to paint the narratives of hip-hop, the B-boy, the MC, the DJ, mm-hmm. uh, the graffiti writer, and to mass produce it. You know, people know me as that. I mm-hmm. kind of broke it open and I said, why? This, this is a great subject to paint. Mm-hmm. You know, why not? This is what I grew up around. I'm just painting these nascent moments of, right early days of hip-hop when it was a burgeoning culture so then no god no 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 i was gonna say something stupid say something stupid so now you're painting like the instagram star no i'm not like that's the funny thing like you know then i then i moved to like well i love hip-hop so much i want to do the 50 greatest legends of hip-hop in my new book with harper collins and so i painted like you know all of the people like mr wiggles and crazy legs and and cool Herc and uh you know kumo d all the way to like wu-tang and tribe and jay-z so i did that and i was like okay well no no offense but i'm sick of that like what am i gonna do now Mm -hmm. you know and i thought about like should i paint the pop stars and i've certainly done jobs where i have painted like justin timberlake and beyonce Mm -hmm. but it's not like what i want to do and so right Right. now i'm kind of figuring out what's the next level of what i want to do and i'm kind of working that out i love s- to draw i love to paint i love to draw classically i love to paint classically no one really wants to buy my nude figures no one even knows it's out there i don't care mm-hmm. it's for me i do it for me not for anybody mm-hmm. i have a crazy library of erotic art that i would like to release like just the collected unconscious you know bua which is fun stuff yeah and maybe i maybe i do more of that mm-hmm. maybe maybe i don't i don't know like you know I've, i also really just like painting the average kind of working person Mm. that's kind of what I what I grew up around you know I grew grew up in the streets of of New York and hung out with some just interesting crazy people and that's what I like you know I don't like to paint the aristocracy that's not my that's not my jam Mm -hmm. as people say I fucking hate when people say that too. I don't know why it just bugs me. That's my jam. really? Uh, That's cool. I kind of like that. I know he's fine. Because it's evocative of like, because you know shittiness. No kidding. No,
3: it's its like because we used to say that when we were nine. Okay. Right. You know. Now it's come back. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this one with Justin Bua. If you like the uh, Professor route, we have another professor on the show a few months back. My man, Odub, Oliver Wang, he's a DJ, a blogger, uh, all around hip hop historian, and also a college professor. So if you're trying to get your learning on, we're taking you to Rebel Radio University. Go back and listen to Odub after you finish this episode with Justin Bua. Uh,
1: Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know, the next iteration, but there's always something, you know, like, Picasso had his Rose period, then he had his Blue period, then he had his Cubist period, then he had his, like, you know, etchings of of uh, Greek mythology period, and then he had his mm-hmm. sculpture, and then he did yeah. his Futurism, then he did his, you know, he's just, like, ever-evolving, and I feel like as an artist, you really have to be ever-evolving. In anything, like, Madonna was always, always evolving. That's why right. she was so current and contemporary. Most artists can't do that. You know, unfortunately, most artists can't. Uh, I think that there's something futuristic about my work in a back in the days way Mm. you know what i mean so like i've kind of i've liked to think that i created a bouified lens that i've seen the world at that other people can relate to that's really cool you know so i feel like it's it's now but it's then and it's future Mm. so it's because it encompasses a lot of shit that i've always felt was cool yeah like you said it's you know Hip hop and jazz and it's afrocentric and it's musical, mm-hmm. which is timeless, mm-hmm. and it's got a rhythm and energy of dance, which is timeless, and then the characters, so I don't really know what the next iteration is, but I know that I better do it soon or I'll be homeless
3: well I mean it seems that seems like such a hard thing to do, and I think to like to evolve your your style right I mean I think it's, that's, it's natural it's though for like like anybody natural. uh like for any. Whether you're an artist or not, right? It's hard to evolve. We're seeing that play out right now that people don't want to change and progress. Um,
1: and then you get forgotten. That's okay, too. Absolutely. Or maybe you have your vision and that's your vision. Or you like, get elected you know, president. Yeah, he evolved to yeah, president. Exactly. From from moron to president. <laughs> uh, but, but,
3: oh, so, you know, I think the challenge for an artist is, like, bringing that bringing your audience with you, right, and... and
1: Sure, or, and getting a new one, Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, people are going to rediscover my DJ painting forever, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope that in 200 years, people are like, oh, shit, check this shit out, much like I've discovered Dali, like, right. oh, wow, check it out, you no, Dali did that fucking painting, like, right. forever ago, and you're like, for the first time, you see the persistence of time, and you're like, oh, my God, look at that, or Hieronymus Bosch's Garden of Earthly Delights, that... Yeah. You're like, oh my God, look at that. You know, everyone has that moment where mm-hmm. hopefully it's classical enough to where it's always going to hit the next generation because it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, my voice really went high when I said timeless. I felt, felt that. It's timeless. This is that's I good. Want. That's I want to point that out. That's emphasis. So that everybody else out there who's listening <laughs> is not like, them. oh my God, did he, he should really be self aware of that. And I am, actually. <laughs> How about fucking that? I'm self aware. Of how high that sounded and how shitty it was. That's okay. Have I don't you? always have a perfect pitch voice. I go high sometimes and I sound like shit. Fucking piece of shit, my voice sometimes. Thank you what? for clarifying that.
3: Well, you yeah, know, I gotta point it out. We're definitely not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so have you had mentors that have helped you
1: along the way or are you, mm-hmm. are you yeah. figuring this out all on your own? No. Besides had... the teachers that tell you that you suck. Yeah, no, I've had good teachers. Uh, I have a guy by the name of Gregory Wirkitan, He's in his 70s. One of the best draftsmen that's ever lived. He's like this Filipino white dude who's like out of control good. Like, yeah. I can't even believe how well he draws still. It's like it makes me sick. And he's a mentor. of My friend Ruben Hickman, who's, who's uh, at Paramount. He's with DreamWorks for years, working on Shrek and a billion movies as a visual developer. He's my best friend. So you, he's kind of like a great teacher. Like he, he, yeah, what do you get? Out of, out of that. He just shows mentorship. me, sh- he just, he, like he's always evolving and he's mm. just smart and he just knows, you know, art is so deep, like he understands color better than me and, and he understands like like design better than me, he understands like so many things to such a high level that just being around him through osmosis and just through, like if I bring a painting and say, what do you think? You go, Oh, that's cool, but try this, mm. this, this, you know, mm-hmm. so I have those people that are around me that, that are going to give it to me like it is just like with business i've had a business partner for who's a lawyer Mm -hmm. for over 20 years who just gives it to me straight like i showed him two flyers i designed today for my for my show in oakland and i said which one do you like better he goes neither and here's why okay well he said hey man i'm going to give it to you i don't care i'm still going to use it by the way because i'm not a graphic designer and i don't want to change it right i'm just not going to change it (laughs) like at this stage it's just a fucking flyer but the point is he keeps it real and so I like those people around me and I, I don't care like it doesn't affect me and, and
3: people find it so hard to do that and I've struggled with that for years to give people really direct honest feedback right and, oh yeah but it's fine I think people and, need it and you know it took me many many times of doing that and having people appreciate it to kind of sink in mm-hmm. that that's actually like needed and wanted Right. You know, and I see that every, you know, certainly in business and personal relationships. I see it constantly that just nobody wants to tell each other the truth.
1: I think ultimately what I've learned in my life on this planet is that the truth is just easier in the end. Mm. I'm sorry, babe. I just got AIDS from a prostitute. I'm in love with her. I gave it to you as well. But, this is the truth. That's a lot easier. Here's the upside. Yeah, that sounds easier. (laughs) No, it is so much easier, though, just to be honest. Like, in the end of the day, what can you do with that? You can be angry at it. You could hate it. At the end of the day, if it just kind of unravels itself in another way, it's a shitty. So, you know. I think the truth is easier. Uh, Picasso said, art is a lie that makes us see the truth. Mm. You know, it's a... You're, you're creating a lie, a two-dimensional lie, which mm-hmm. is the, the, the truth is two dimensions. The lie is that it's 3D. Mm. You know, David Blaine is doing his magic. You're like, he's creating this lie, mm-hmm. you know, like, but people believe it's the truth. You
3: know? I mean, that's interesting. Like, if we think about, you know, coming out of this election season where,
1: like, this whole relationship we have to the truth yeah. Donald Trump never told the truth. 70% the fact checked is 70% of everything he said was a lie. Right. But he said the things that people wanted to hear as truth. He studied all the Midwestern radio shows, all the mm-hmm. conservative radio stations. He learned what people wanted to hear the most, immigration, deportation, global warming, whatever those hot button mm-hmm. ticket items were. And he went off on it as opposed to Hillary right. who didn't really hit. Now it wasn't whether it was, it was people's truths. People wanted to hear that, and he gave them what they wanted to hear. And that's the thing,
3: right? And 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 you know, so the argument that I have been having with with you know liberals for the last year is that like all you're saying is that he's lying, right? But nobody cares. Like it doesn't matter that he's lying because he's saying stuff that
1: people want to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are like the the average liberal person is just so angry, but they're not doing anything about it. Right. Like just do okay. So do something about right. it. Like just don't. Yeah. I mean, now everyone's like fearful, like, oh my God, it's happened. Well, now there's protests in the streets, which is like, but what is that where, doing? Where the fuck are you? Right. And and right. what is that going to do? Like, what what can we really do? So I think that if you really yeah. think about what can you actually do, can you make a painting that, that is speaking your truth, as opposed to, I just don't like to get stuck in a fearful headspace of yeah. like, oh, it's, this is terrible. It's so fearful because then you're victimizing yourself. Right. And it's not proactive. Well, and I
3: imagine for you, like, you you can't create out of fear.
1: You know, I feel like I've been vegan for 17 years, and so I feel like that is, my daughter is 12 years old. She's born and raised vegan. Mm. I don't subscribe to the meat and dairy industry at all. Like, I don't give them my money. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a vicious industry. I'm not perfect. I do other shit that's probably less than excellent. But just because you drive a Prius... Doesn't make you an activist. You know, and I feel like a lot of the liberals sure. are like, yeah, drive a fucking Prius. Yeah. That's your badge. Yeah, as they flip you off and cut you off. Like right. every which is if you guys drive a Prius, it's fine. It's just totally cool. Does it come with a tampon? Or no I'm kidding. <laughs> um but I feel like, you know, I think that we have we have to be we have to do more. And maybe yeah. Trump has done the greatest thing, which is awakened us up, because I feel like we get stuck in mediocrity. And even Picasso said, I would rather be a shitty artist than a mediocre one mm. like that half right. like that it's the it's the jewish equivalent of right yep. like what i agree Neh. i think that's like, the worst do it like have conv- yes. conviction or Suck don't it. Yeah. or don't then that's okay like right. fuck this you know fuck this like there were so many liberals who just threw their votes away yeah. or so many people that didn't vote right. or so many people that just were like i'm gonna vote for trump it's like okay right. well look i campaigned for for bill clinton Early on, I was like a, one of those, like, wacko door-to-door campaigners, and mm-hmm. I did a lot of shit for Ob- like for the Obama movement. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all the the big shows with Shepard, and I did a, like I don't know something like I handed out five thousand free posters of Obama. I did everything with Hillary. You know, I I just voted. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was yeah. I sure. I believe that like, and all the all of my liberal friends. Oh, she's such a liar. She's a liar. She's a liar. I was like, but. You're so, you're so stuck on that. Right. Like you don't even, nobody even knows the truth. You know what I mean? Everyone's bought into this hype and same thing with Donald Trump. Like, yeah, he's got some horrible policies, but I think at the end of the day, do you really believe that he even believes that? Or did he just use that to get elected? Right. Yeah. who knows? Don't forget Mark Burnett crafted him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's slick Absolutely. as fucking shit. Yeah. He's got rea- no matter how stupid he is, he's got some serious like slickster yeah. business savvy and, and reality right. television savvy. No question. And he hasn't done anything horrible yet. Right. So until he does, I mean, he's not, sh- like this lets to be wait. fair. He's not even in office. He's yet. not even in office. Right. The debriefing's going to be amazing, by the way. So here's a- <laughs> it, like, like Obama right. having to debrief him. Oh, I think Obama just, being yeah. a super intellectual, articulate yeah, dialectician, yeah. having to debrief, like okay, he's so the. Listen. So we're going to get into the Russian the economics and he's going to be like, what the fuck is that? And he's, he is, right. I know he's going to, Obama's going to be like, oh shit, this is going to be a long fucking day. God damn it. So what is,
3: you know, uh, what's that going to do to our art and music? Like, because I think, you know, hip hop is in some ways a direct result of Reaganomics. I think It's a direct so. result of, you know, I think the, a good point. the failure of, integration to kind of live up to its promise, right? And, and so, so
1: and, and you know, society's system to take care of the people. Absolutely. They're kind of forgotten. War, like
3: all of these things gave birth to hip hop as a cultural movement. Sure. Um,
1: what is Trump gonna do? I, I don't know. I don't know, like, if hip hop hasn't become too uh, intertwined with pop and money. For sure. To be a viable communicator of the times yeah I think it probably has
3: but maybe there's some next thing
1: yeah I don't yeah I, I guess it's not right my point is that it's not hip-hop it's something else that we don't know what it is mm-hmm. what's the next iteration I don't know I'd have to tell you to have to go live on in you know in East Flatbush or right. New Orleans or somewhere yeah. where like shit's happening because I live in my bubble in you know Echo Park so I yeah. don't really know what's happening yeah I, I'm at the jiu-jitsu school and I'm painting all the time that's I all mean, I it's I pretty nice in the bubble that's like But as you get older, you're more in a bubble. Like, I'm just not, like, my ear's not to the streets. Like, sometimes I see the new kids, like, sometimes I go to, like, to, like, b-boy things or stuff like that, and I see the new dancers. I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck's happening right now? It's like next-level shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure people see that with rap and all kinds of shit. It's like, there's some next-level shit. And we catch it. We catch it on the radio when it becomes big. Yo, you heard this new mumble rap? And whether you like it or hate it. And people, I know my whole like my whole friend base is so anti yeah, but, of I, course. but i like it that's only because it's garbage panda hey uh come on stop no i like it why i mean i, what, I think the me, beats are who are
3: some new artists that you're fucking with no like the visual, panda visual thing. Artists. no person? visual artists <laughs> you like, don't even want to delve gonna, into
1: that you hate mumble rap so much right it's because it's a diametric no, I just,
3: opposition to music. no we just is we're gonna life? lose the studio but i want to okay. hear your, my
1: visual artist that i love yeah that are painting today. Yeah,
3: like new cats. Young, mm. who's the next? God, there's next level,
1: next generation. There's, a, there's, there's a classical artist named Jeremy Lipking who's so good that it hurts my feelings cuz he's so classical and his work is so beautiful. I don't know, I like Ralph Steadman who's still alive, thank yeah, God. Sure. Who's illustrated all the Hunter yeah, S. Thompson yeah. stuff. I used to be pen pals with him and I've had I have handwritten letters from him. I, nice. I love him so much cuz I can't believe how creative he is. Yeah. And that's the difference of draftsmanship and creativity. He's, yeah. such, he's so creative. I can't believe the things he can think of. Mm-hmm. Like that boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I I think I sit there and go, oh, I wish I was that creative. And that alone is, is such an uncreative act, sure. <laughs> by the way. Of course. Um, and then Jeremy Lipking, so technical. I go like, oh my god, I can't believe how technical he is. There's so many, there's a guy named Red Rabbit on Instagram who I can't, okay. I can't believe how good he is. Like, I just hit people on Instagram and I yeah. just sometimes I'm just like, it blows my mind. I mean, 99% of the stuff out there is just derivative and it's just shitty. Of course. But yeah, no, I I see people all the time like Red Rabbit, Jeremy and Ralph Stedman, who are just so fucking good. That yes. It's, it's, it's yeah. just that's the kind of people I like that like it makes me feel chills.
3: Okay, I have a little speed
1: round. I've okay. got to go before we wrap up. Go.
3: Uh, so if you can go back. And give one piece of advice to your 18-year-old self. What would it be?
1: Uh, Don't deviate from your true path. Mm -hmm. Like stay, stay in the pocket, Mm -hmm. and you know, pick your lane and stay with it. Mm -hmm. So, like all the hosting, the TV, the film, the the music videos, all that stuff, I would, I would never do it again. Mm. Yeah. I would just keep. I would just. I would be a better painter. Okay. Which is what I'm kind of gonna do now in my life. Okay. I'm just gonna get better. Try to get better. Sure. It's not much time.
3: Yeah. What um, what did you used to believe, and then later realized you'd been wrong?
1: Uh, that condoms worked? No, I'm I'm kidding. Um. Oh my God, that's like a, that. That goes to like a moral. Yeah. <laughs> You know i think that would be the truth telling yeah. the truth that's good i was a, i was a I was an amazing liar mm-hmm. amazing liar i lied my entire life to to survive new york sure. to hustle and i learned that I that was it. that was the truth and now to tell the truth yeah i think that's the that's the greatest thing
3: is there some other
1: talent you always wish you had more of yes i wish i played music yeah. i played piano mediocrely mm-hmm. which as we all know from this interview mediocrity is the worst thing you could do would that be your instrument if you were yes piano yeah. for sure yeah. by far guitar is the worst on your fingers it hurts me oh yeah it hurts. i play i took guitar lessons i never got good yeah. me too <laughs>
3: uh so what's the next goal that you're
1: you want to accomplish i want to be a tv star no i'm kidding i want to do i oh, just want to be oh, a, no i want to be a better painter i really feel like right now is an opportunity for me to know my true purpose, to, to find divinity with God, to find harmony with God is to become a greater, I know my purpose and to really know it deeper. How will you know when you're a better painter? My mom will tell me because she hates <laughs> everything I do. <laughs>
3: I swear to God. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um.
3: What's another, is there, if you knew you couldn't fail, what other career would you take on?
1: If I couldn't fail? yeah. I feel like I'm a really like good actor and I feel like I could do that really well. Although I, as I've gotten older I've realized I can't memorize any lines. Mm. So it would have to be like off oh, so the cuff acting. Like I have to be like a real like I'd have to be in Woody Allen movies yeah. or like Larry David movies yeah, where yeah. it's all improv or or Mike Lay film where nice. it's all improv. Yeah. Like, cuz I feel like I couldn't my daughter can read 20 pages and recite it verbatim and I can't I can't read two lines and remember them. That's why on TV I was great at teleprompter. Great at cue cards, mm-hmm. great at an mm-hmm. earpiece, and great at improv. And when it came to a script, I'm actually the worst person I've ever known in my life. That's hilarious. It's shocking how bad I am. Yeah. My retention capacity is is despicable. Do you collect stuff? What do you collect? Uh, well, I'm on the United States Stamp Committee. Okay. So I'm starting to collect stamps. I'm not a philatelist, but but I'm one of ten people that choose America's stamps. Seriously. Yeah I, work, yeah, I go to DC four times a year, and there's, no there's ten of us that choose any stamp you see. I've chosen it. That's cool. So, or I've been part of the process. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to collect a little bit of stamps because it's so cool, and then um, I collect art. I collect other artists' art. Yeah. I collect my friend Reuben Hickman's art, and and, mm-hmm. and uh, other Jennifer McChristian and other people. What's the last great book you read? I don't read anymore. No. I stopped reading. I just listened to audio books. Does that oh, count? Yeah, that counts. Yeah, They're all, like, they're all, like, um, spiritual, like, books on relationships. That's all they are. Is there a title? Uh, the Superior Man by David Dieta. Oh, yeah. It's it. a good book. I haven't finished it. Yeah, it's good. Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I, think. I do that. Like, that's kind of like I'm on a spiritual path to be. A better human being as sure. well. And, and, you know, I, I already figured out how to be a great dad. Yeah. But <laughs> and obviously, that's, that's, that's working. Yeah, so that's my main goal in life is, is not a good husband, not a good boyfriend, and trying to be a, a better person to have a partner come into my life, just like yeah. I am with my daughter. I have a great relationship with her.
3: Yeah, that's huge.
1: What movie do you think you've seen the most? Mm, probably Manhattan by Woody Allen. Wow, or or Brazil by Terry Gilliam. Oh wow, that's not a. Or Zoolander by Ben Stiller. <laughs> Those three I've seen so many times, and the other guys, which is so the weird. The other right? guys? Yeah, with with, yeah, yeah, uh, with Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg and Farrell, Will Farrell. Yeah, I've seen that because my daughter loves that one, and she loves Zoolander. Zoolander uh-huh. might have won at this stage. God, I've seen Zoolander so Isn't many times. I don't want to say I've seen Beach Street because I was in it. Right. Did I mention I was in like, Beach Street? Did you watch it over and over? Of course. Yeah. That's, I'm only in the Roxy we, we scene. When girls come over, and like, hey. Did you know I was in? Oh, did you know let's... I starred as an extra in Beach Street? <laughs> <laughs> wait, you were wait. You starred in. I starred in. Forget the other part. But right. I starred in it. Yeah, yeah. I was in Beach Street. No That's big awesome. deal. Beach Street. Favorite DJ of all time. Uh, DJ Qbert. I painted him. I love him. Yeah. I love him so much, and she's he's a, he's like me. Like he's such a worker, trying to get better. He knows he's not good enough. He's always getting better. Yeah. He's such a crazy dj like chemist yeah like because i know him so well and how what he does it's so crazy
3: i mean it's so amazing you say that i mean i, I love qbert and you know but like the idea that like there are so many shitty djs out there that oh my are god. so pleased with themselves oh my god it's disgusting and that a guy like that like knows that he's not good enough
1: oh my god he's it's, he it's, calls me at four in the morning, like, "Yo, wh- what do you what do you think of orange?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, orange is like, I think orange is like the new way to." That's affecting my scratching. Listen to this. Did, did you think that was orange? I'm like, "Are you? What? Like, what the fuck are you talking about?" But that's the shit he's on. He's yeah. like, "I just feel like I'm kind of scratching this color. Like, do you feel orange from that, or is it more?" And you're like, "Oh my god." He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get better at. It. I'm not." I gotta go. Mm. Then he's practicing. <laughs> he's that guy. Yeah. He's he's the yeah. real, real deal. Yeah. And he's Filipino. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, where does everybody find you online? Uh, Instagram, Justin Bua, J-U-S-T-I-N, B-U-A. Facebook is just B-U-A, at Bua. But Instagram's really where I live and where I kind of post all the really new, cool stuff. And the fun stuff too, the erotic stuff, the stupid stuff, the wild stuff. Nice. Cool.
3: Dude, thank you for doing thank this, you. man. This was so much fun. This was great. Was I the best interview? You have had I just want to know. By far the best today. today.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. That was my man, Bua with some valuable lessons, some good stories. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Don't forget to support our sponsor Wix.com. Go build a website at Wix, send it to us and we'll tell you how great it is. Uh, and most importantly, Come back next week for more Rebel Radio, we have Trey from the Far Side, also Trey from Trademark, the new collaboration with DJ Newmark, coming up next week.